are now listening to The Intersect. A podcast where you talk about politics, tech, and whatever crap you want. Yeah, basically, whatever we feel like it. I'm Michael Bernash. Joined with me is my co-host, Noah Coot. Yep. And, and uh, <laughs> it's been a, a good two weeks. Yeah, a little bit longer than two weeks, so instead of recording this on a Saturday night, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, because uh, you went camping. How's that? Oh, okay, so I went to the Green Mountains in Vermont. Uh, I went hiking with my cousin and her boyfriend. We planned a camping trip, and we went over two peaks that were over 4,000 feet. Um, so Mount Ellen and Mount Abraham, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fun time to hike. Lots of good views. The clouds were lovely. Actually, in the morning, uh, I woke up. We were above the clouds, which made for a great view. Oh, you know, like amazing. when you're above the clouds. Yeah. But basically, also, we kind of messed up with our planning, and we did not get to the shelter in time that we were planning on going to. So instead, because there are ski uh, mountains along the ridge we were walking on, we decided to just sneak into a ski patrol hut and stay there instead for the night good pick wait did it rain on you guys at all because it was it was raining like crazy here no we got back just before the rain ah lucky (laughs) yeah it was it, it actually ended up being really nice and we didn't run into any major issues except for potential minor dehydration yeah it's dehydration no biggie yeah uh we So I came in with three liters of water for basically two days, and I could survive off of that, except the people I was walking with, one of them forgot to pack that extra bottle they needed. So then we had to ration everything out between the three of us, and that was fun. Uh, I'm a relatively experienced hiker. I do a lot of sports, so I decided to kind of take the hit and give most of my water away, and, you know partially dehydrate myself but i knew i could handle it because i've done a lot worse all right speaking of dehydration not handling things and not being properly prepared <laughs> let's go on to our first topic this is coronavirus oh back to the old rona <sighs> oh every single episode yeah no um so we uh, noah we we did it we flattened the curve we, we did it we're right Within back. The US? Yeah, we're right back where we started. Like, you know, when New York was really bad. Wait, we flattened the curve or we unflattened the curve? No, it's flat. So you know how it's supposed to go up and down. So ours went straight up. It went down a bit, and now we're right back up. So it's, it's just like the curve is flattened. Like we 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 went to a high plateau. Oh God! I mean, we flattened it from having not enough people to infect. Like, uh, so it's like, we're, you know, like you were talking about peaks. Now, instead of just saying a peak, it's just like a straight line through the two peaks. And it's going to keep going up. Oh, lovely. Yeah, um, Fauci today said, like, he expects up to 100,000 new cases daily. Because the, what was it, 40,000 that we had today was not enough. Yeah, uh, on the bright side, though, it seems like it's going all right where we are. Yeah, uh, so the Northeast right now, we're opening up. Uh, we don't have any increases of, of virus, which is awesome, even with increased testing, which is great. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say, though, 
the, the good news, it's not really good news, but for us, based on where we are, it, it kind of helps you feel safer. Yeah, especially because, like, in Boston, lots of people wear their mask. like, people are still respecting the socially distanced thing, like, so people are people people are being uh, conscious and like trying to be careful of being around people. Like, I bike to a nearby mall or walk there sometimes, and it's just like people are wearing their masks. They're staying. They're either staying socially distant or like they're in groups of people and they just avoid everyone else like the plague. So, over here we're doing great, but uh, nationwide, <laughs> well, the South especially. Uh, south and west. Uh, California is also seeing an increase of cases. And, um, did yeah, they let's... have it under control for a little while? California just didn't have any viruses to begin with. Like, they shut down before they had anything. So, if I remember the timeline right, California either shut down around March 1st or March 7th, when New... and then New York shut down uh, March 14th. Okay. And, like, the rest of the country sh- uh, shut down, like... I want to say beginning of April, like uh, April 1st, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So California was very early. And this is the thing where California seems to be more, they're better prepared. Like they have ventilators and they they have all, all their protective equipment versus Texas and Florida. Yeah. Those states. Yeah. I'm not hearing good <laughs> news over there. I've got friends in both states. Um, which one do we want to go over first? Because they both have their interesting... Uh, uh, so, should we start with where we have more of our friends or less of our friends? Uh, le- le- let's go with the one that just... Like, everyone likes to make fun of. Florida. Like Okay, so where most of our friends are. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of them just came back up to Boston by car. Uh, they're supposed to self-quarantine. Uh, because, uh, um, the governor, Charlie Baker, he said anyone coming from a state with lots of, uh, coronavirus, they have to self-quarantine for 14 days. Well, uh, I'm actually not too worried about her. She seems to be relatively good at following those measures. I know, but it's just a general sense. It's like, be safe. So, let's talk about what Florida did. So, Florida never really shut down they shut down for maybe two weeks and they opened their beaches back up then they opened their bars they opened everything and now they're seeing a record number of cases and mind you uh the governor there uh, governor de santos he's a huge trump guy and he's just been really quiet about all the numbers the amount of like testing he he's always trying to assign blame somewhere else yeah so he's just been very quiet about it and it's it's problematic, but it's like he's been following. He was he's been towing the Trump party line. It's okay. We're we're just, we just have more cases because uh, we're testing more. Mm-hmm. But uh, this week we're seeing like we've been seeing constant increases, but like you know because uh, people test. Uh, it's a lagging indicator of when they catch the virus and when they're testing and when they go to the hospital. So. Right now, uh, Florida's having a lots of cases because a lot of young people, especially, are going out to bars, clubs. When I say young people, I don't mean to castigate a whole other group. People our age and a bit older, because 
we, so they're, they're starting to get a hit by the virus more. So that's that's a problem. And now they're starting to shut down their bars uh, and um, bars, clubs, etc. And what makes Florida even more uh, on the news this week is they had a, a public hearing, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, they were talking about uh, mandating wearing masks in, in public areas, etc. And, oh my god, Florida. Some of these people in Florida are so stupid. Um, one of them c uh, compared uh, being forced to wear the mask is like, a, is like a Nazi Germany forcing Jews to wear a star. Huh. Um, another... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this woman, she, uh, she, uh, very bold. She's like, um, I can't wear a mask for the same reason I don't wear underwear. Sometimes you just gotta let things breathe. Okay. That's, uh, that's a fun one. Yeah. Uh, there was another person saying that this is a satanic, uh, ritual, wearing a mask. All those sorts of, uh, sorts of people. So that's Florida. Okay. Uh. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I myself, I will be honest, I cannot wear a mask while I run. But whenever I go out and actually do things in an area where there's, like, retail and such, I will wear a mask. I mean, even so, there, when you're running out outdoors, as long as you stay socially distant from people, it's the risks are, like, m minimal, right? They're, they're, not a, they're not a big deal. Yes. And also, like... We just the N95 masks are particularly hard to breathe in. Like I have a hard time dealing with them. But like a a simple cloth covering, which is better than nothing, is actually like all right. Like it does, it it, it protects you be better than nothing, and it's more breathable. Yeah, but I'll be honest. In general, like it's hot or really humid where I am, so I'll go running out. But it'd be kind of weird to be shirtless but wearing a mask. <laughs> I mean, that's the new equipment right now. That's like um. That's true. That's true. One of my little cousins <laughs> is is like uh. It's like that's the trend. That's the new fashion statement. It was just like, oh man, I wish it was just fashion. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Um, but also, I'm trying to think. There was something else. Uh, oh yeah, no. One big issue with wearing a mask that I do understand and I have experienced a little bit myself is. It's really weird to, like, connect to people in a way where you can't see your facial expression. It's like, I, I realize I smile towards someone, like, as an appreciative thank you if they give me something, but they can't see me smile, which, in a way, changes the way you interact with people. I mean, yeah, it, inter it, it changes the way you interact with people, but... But i rather change this interaction than risk you know my life or the life of others with a whole with this whole situation i mean even like just ordering food like the other day i went to shake shack they they placed a order uh, like they ask you to order on your phone and then once you do the order you wait a certain amount when your time comes up and then you have to go to uh, the front of the store like they won't let you in the store front of the store tell them your name and then they bring out your order like that so just uh everything's just so different yeah in some way though it's more convenient for a lot of people being able to work from home has been a very positive experience yeah uh 
I've heard from one company that actually they seem to have an even more productive workforce at the moment in general. Yeah, there's an increase in productivity almost. Most companies are saying either they're seeing no productivity loss or they're seeing an increase in productivity. On the other hand, though, it's from a very business perspective that we're saying that from the view of like a uh, small local company that really relies on being able to interact with people to function there i understand why there are issues it's also like creative uh, creative companies like they don't have that same interaction like social interaction that like drives a lot of their ideas so like it's true that people may be productive but it's also like no one has anything to do and this is not like, we're trying to acclimate ourselves to a new normal, but, like, this changes who we are fundamentally, like, as a, as a people, as a society. And, I don't know. It's weird. Oh, want to move on to uh, Texas now? Oh, yeah, Texas. So, Florida's bad. Um, yeah. And people tend to refuse wearing masks. Now, Texas, on the other hand, I feel is... In a similar situation. Yeah, so Texas, uh, their governor, um, whose uh, name is currently escaping my mind, uh, Greg Abbott, their uh, governor Abbott, he's uh, he's taking action now. He's he's mandating people wear masks. He's ordering the shutdown of a bunch of restaurants and stuff. So, but he's doing that now. But again, like Florida, they barely shut down etc so they they didn't really care about it but the issue that uh texas has is a lot of cities and stuff in texas are actually lean democratic or pretty democratic yeah um but also want to point out texas also has a huge rural area where they don't really see much going on yeah but well you see that urban rural divide but i'm just talking about like the urban areas Uh so but but what that means is so houston austin etc they were mandating uh, people wear masks. They were mandating these shutdowns while the governor was not doing it. Yeah. So, to stop those local places to, uh, to uh, from doing anything, the governor signed an executive order that basically said no one, even the governor's office, cannot uh, cannot force you to wear a mask. Huh. So you can imagine now that he's re-implementing a. Uh, a mask socially distance uh procedures it's not he's contradicting himself like he already said a pre uh, in a previous executive order no one can make you wear a mask i'm not letting houston uh, tell you to wear a mask i'm letting austin i'm not letting the uh, the office of the governor of texas forcing you to wear a mask and now he's saying like no people should wear masks like I'm signing another executive order saying people should wear their mask. But he kind of done goofed right there. Yeah, I mean, they all did. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, so basically he said, ignore whatever I say. And then he's trying to tell them, actually, please don't do that. But it's kind of too late if you tell them to already ignore you. Yeah, and it's like, uh, mind you, Greg Abbott is not even the most extreme person in Texas, like in leadership, because uh, the lieutenant governor, he's the one who in uh, March is like, uh, after two weeks of like the shutdown, it's like, we can't do this anymore. Old people will sacrifice themselves to go open up the economy. It's like, people will die. And it was just like, so it's like, Greg Abbott's not even the most extreme person in Texas. And it's just like, uh. yeah. 
There's not much you can do about all of that, though. I mean, no, there there is something you could do. Well, not us personally, but there is someone who has the power, maybe not by law, but culturally can can do something about it, and that's Donald Trump. Oh, he. Have you ever seen any picture of him wearing a mask so far? No, he says he refuses to give the media that satisfaction. It's like, we don't well, really... Uh, uh, I don't care if he wears a mask or not. I personally don't care about his, like, w- health and well-being. It's just that he... No matter how much I may dislike him, he is still the president of the United States. He has a strong following of people who are devoted to him. Hey. <laughs> like, who who obsess over him. So if he says, wear a mask to keep yourself safe, that would help save lives. But instead, he's, he, instead he's just saying, like, uh, liberals just want you to wear a mask. Like, making this sort of culture war. And it's like, no. Who cares? Well, this is the big complaint everyone has right now. It's, why is a pandemic... A political problem rather than a health issue. Like, um, it's not even like a, 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 like, it is beyond a health issue. It is a health issue. It is an economical issue. It is a national security issue. It is a local, federal, it is an issue that everyone, like, coronavirus is affecting everything. And normally in times of crises, the president takes charge and doesn't do what's good for his numbers, his fans, or whatever, but he does what's better for the country. Instead... <sighs> yeah, but... Uh, well, I guess this could be very opinionated here, but the president we have currently is not somebody who is fit to take a political position. He is a showman. It's all about his image and his numbers yeah but his numbers are dropping every day well yeah he's kind of uh not having fun right now but that's just the the way i would put it though and i mean just keep in mind this is like going on like this coronavirus is like spreading everywhere but one place that's doing really good is the eu like in is this europe in general is doing much better Um, uh, well, I have heard some bad news, but that's because family is telling me about some regions still being affected kind of badly. Okay. But generally, uh, the places I hear a lot about, like Germany and France, are doing quite well compared to, uh, the U.S. Okay, when I say they're doing better, I'm not saying coronavirus is over, but it's like they have a good contract tracing program, they, they, there's no... it's not as much of community spread, meaning it's like it, they can keep track of the virus and see who spreads it to whom versus the U.S. It's like it's everywhere. Um, also, yeah, I don't think there's any been any good implementation of contact tracing yet. And let's just say Europe is done with their first wave. Like in general, they they some stumbled. Uh, Italy, Spain stumbled against the first wave. But for the most part... They've managed the first wave. They crushed the first wave of coronavirus. The U.S. never ended their first wave. And that's so... True. Like, that's the situation we're in. And so much so, like, the disparities are so much so that, like, Europe is uh, starting to allow international flights again. And they're allowing flights from people from Australia, New Zealand... Uh, okay. So, China. I looked into that. 
No, 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 no. There you're wrong. Okay. Right. Uh, Europe is letting in. Um, so currently, the EU has finally started limiting flights to only 13 countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Moving into Europe, China has not been approved. Okay, but they're doing and better. They have not been approved for as long as China does not allow EU um, citizens to travel to their territory. Okay, but that's a reciprocity problem. That's not a. Uh, yes, that's not yes, a. Yes. Uh, okay. I just wanted to point that out. So, like New Zealand, Tunisia, Algeria, um, South Korea. A bunch of other countries. Algeria. There's a list if you look it up online. I just am okay. naming it a few I had in mind. And also, uh, some EU-related um, countries are also allowed, such as England, Iceland, Switzerland, and Norway. And I think maybe some others, but those are the four I remember. Yeah. But the point is, it's like, it's low virus counts. But the, but the United States, the EU's greatest ally... Not on that list. Nope. Uh, unless you're an EU citizen. But, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I... You can't... You can't do much about it. Um, but, yeah, it's just because also the US is one of the countries that has dealt with this the worst. I mean, Brazil might be worse, though, if I gotta be honest. Yeah, Brazil certainly seems like it's doing much worse than the u.s what about russia honestly i'm russia was doing bad but it's also like i don't i haven't really heard much about russia in general yeah but other than uh they might be paid they paid uh they might have paid the taliban to kill american soldiers but that's yeah currently russian news is mainly politics rather than corona uh, in addition to that, also, their economy is going down the drain entirely because of the price of oil. Ah, yes. I mean, the economy is going down the drain for everyone. That is true. But some people are hit harder than others. Yeah. Oil oil producing countries especially. Yep. Uh... Hey guys, we're just taking a small break. We appreciate the support that we've gotten, and we wanted to give back to a friend of the pod. So if you want a quality homemade lip gloss, check out. Visit my website for quality homemade glosses at babygloss.com. It leaves your lips so moisturized and smoke. Just check it out, guys. If you're interested, visit the website or follow on social media. Details are posted in the show notes. And we're back. All right, on to our next topic. Social media, just in general, on fire. Even more so than usual. getting cracked down everywhere. They're destroying our communities not really all right um they're cracking down on hate speech yeah so um so uh, so this whole thing has been like uh, about hate speech and inciting violence partially because of our dear leader donald trump and uh so people have been criticizing facebook and twitter a lot so much so that like they're they're pressuring companies to do a uh boycott of Facebook. Oh, so many companies have decided to pull out of Facebook in terms of ad revenue or in terms of ad spending because they are telling them, if you don't change anything about your platform, we don't want to be advertising our products on it. Yeah. And at first it started with uh, medium sizes companies like Pantagonia, Ben and Jerry's. But like now you have some big players like Unilever, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Starbucks, like they're all boycotting Facebook. And some of them are also boycotting Twitter, which 
feels bad to be Twitter, but like, but yeah, they're targeting social media, uh, these social media platforms, and they're saying like they need to do better. Like, not just them, YouTube also needs to do better. They need to do better to to uh, police content, to remove hateful speech, and to promote, like, a healthier, like, discourse. Yeah, it's, it's a little complicated with all this, because there's a whole conversation now of uh, freedom of speech and all that. But I'll say one thing, though, about this whole freedom of speech thing. It's a private platform owned by a company. Technically, they have the right to do what they want with it. Yeah, S- Section Two Hundred and Thirty explicitly says that that companies can, uh, not, uh, paraphrasing, can moderate how they want as long as they're operating in good faith, and they can remove posts that are not. Pro- uh, they can remove posts that are protected under First Amendment freedoms. So even if even if people wanted to argue about whether or not it's a violation of the First Amendment, it doesn't matter. They're private companies. Uh, yeah, that's a good one to just put out there and be pretty clear about, because, of course, you, you... This is the one argument I always hear, and I don't always support what these companies do, because, yeah, I feel sometimes it might be a little bit too harsh the way they pursue things, but... You know, I don't think we can fight against it. I mean, you can be vocal about it, but you can't try to say that they're doing something wrong if they have a complete permission to pursue with that or, like, move forwards with their action. And also, if you, if some people... For as much as everyone loves to talk that Facebook is a monopoly, and I may sometimes agree with that point of view... If okay. you really don't like Facebook speech policies, there's there's 4chan. <laughs> like Yeah. If um, you if you want to see what free speech unregulated, there's the cesspool that is 4chan. Uh, same for if you don't like Reddit, there's 4chan. And even then on 4chan there's uh even worse, uh Discord. <laughs> I don't know about Discord. Re- okay, wasn't Discord your, uh, is D- Discord itself is not that bad a platform, but it's a place where people can make private servers to talk about things, and that also means that a lot of people who are involved in communities on 4chan create Discord servers to basically communicate the same things. Yeah, and then here's the thing, though. There were some people who thought 4chan was too restrictive, and they made, what was it called? 8chan? Infinity Chan? Yeah, or and it was um, 4chan. Yeah, and just for record, it was so vile, so bad, that... A, it inspired a lot, a lot of like terrorists and mass shooters, and then like, no company wanted to host the website, so people were like, "We want no limitations on free speech." It's like you inspired the worst of worst of people. Yeah, but the thing is that your limitation on free speech is. This is a hard thing where it's like, of course, you don't want private companies to be able to control everything you say. But from this point of view, also, a big limitation of free speech is they, the companies have the right to do that. It's the way it's it works. Their, it's their economy. First Amendment right. They can yes. decide what messages they host on their platform. They have the right to say no. It's the same way they have free speech. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just felt that's something important to point out. As we move in forwards with all this, well, so-called I mean, let, let's, criminal, let's with all this crackdown on hate speech. 
Yeah, but l let's bring up like hate speech. The the reason like this has a lot of like prominence right now is because uh, Donald Trump has been involved with a lot of this. Uh, what could be considered hate speech, uh, harassment, like all those type of things. And you know, there was the whole uh, if the, when the looting starts uh, shoot them, and there's a the bunch of other things. But just this week, for example. Uh, Trump uh, Trump retweeted a video of his supporters in Florida. Florida again. <laughs> um, and uh, they were these old white people. And uh, they, were, they were screaming at a Black Lives Matter protest. And they were screaming white power over and over and over again. Sounds like a lovely situation. Yeah, and Donald Trump retweeted it. Like... Uh, it's it, it's ridiculous. He's the president of the United States, and you could say he's inciting violence. Is not it, yeah. He incites violence, but it's also like he's inciting like a hate crime there, like racial hatred. That is true. But like now, also there's a whole question of. If we don't see him as the president, but as an individual, doesn't he have the right to free speech and to be able to post that publicly? No, if we and uh, uh, he has the right to say whatever he wants as a uh, like as a private individual. Yes, but like as president, you expect a higher standard. And even Twitter and Facebook have said explicitly, "Don't post by Donald Trump violate uh, violate our terms and agreement." The only reason we haven't taken them down, except for, like, the couple Nazi figs he posted, which is a real thing, uh, is uh, is because he's the president of the United States. So it, it may be newsworthy, or it's important for posterity that we, that we keep track of what the president of the United States says. Yeah. But, that, that, yeah, that's a big one to bring in mind. It's, he is an individual, but he cannot always be treated specifically as an individual right now. Yeah, it's uh, it, I mean, it's a hard balance, right? Because in normal circumstances, you do not want to, you don't want to. The president of the United States ha has the bully pulpit. He can say what he wants, and normally presidents, even though their intentions may be, even they if they have intentions uh, that like discriminate against people, even though they have uh, intentions to. Uh, to inflict blame on someone, and they they try to at least uh, sugarcoat their messages in a sort of like unifying way, right? Yeah. Donald mm -hmm. Trump retweets a, 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 a some person uh, a, like saying that white people are superior. That that's like that, that's not that's not normal. At least I feel like in this day and age, that's not acceptable yet. Unfortunately, it hasn't been acceptable since the people. 1970s. I mean, even before then, it shouldn't have been acceptable, but that's well, just the way history works. You can't change that. Also, just for reference, it was okay. It, it, in the 1970s, it wasn't okay. Our parents were born, like, my parents are born in the 70s. Like, yeah. Just, just to be clear, we're not removed from those things. Like I saw a post about uh, desegregation, uh, desegregating schools. You know the one in uh, like Oklahoma, the one that we all learn about. Mm -hmm. Those people would right now, 
it, those high school students who are screaming at people uh, when they were integrating the school would be around like 79 years old now. Like they're still alive. So it's not this thing happened long ago. It's like, no, these people are still with us. Yeah. So I don't know. Racism, hatred is alive and well in the U.S. Not just the U.S., the world. Um, Some places are doing better than others. But even then, in a country where you think that there's not that much racism and such being an issue, um, I'd say like in Europe, for example, there is still clearly an issue with it. It's just not as visible. That's true. I mean, it's not as visible because in general it's less accepted over there but also the fact that it's less accepted does not mean that uh uh, well i feel like i'm losing where i'm gonna going um yeah but basically the fact that it's less accepted does not mean that it's necessarily any doesn't exist there i mean it's also like maybe it's not specific like hatred towards a, a specific race and even then like i uh, like there are clear examples like uh, uh france uh, france uh, towards like arab people specifically comes to mind mm-hmm. but like there's also a general sense of xenophobia that's taking over like brexit is a clear example of like xenophobia and like a hatred toward uh like a sort of bigotry towards uh non-white people mm-hmm and uh, speaking of xenophobia, that goes into our next uh, our next topic. Uh, so tr- uh, Trump decided to to stop a H one B one visas for the rest of the of the year, claiming that uh, immigrants are taking your jobs, and that we need to protect these jobs for American workers. Is that really how it works? Though? <sighs> no, the I. Uh, to first thing I want to say, the uh, it's the U.S. We need to settle ours on something. Are immigrants just taking advantage? Uh, are just taking advantages of our, of like our, our of our education, our free public schooling? Are they taking advantage of our healthcare system? Are they taking advantage of whatever? Or are they stealing our jobs? Because you can't have the lazy immigrant and the immigrant that steals your job. That does like you you settle on one picture. Both of them are wrong, but settle on one picture. Secondly, so the H-1B1 visas specifically go to people who are skilled, right? So they have a, they're, they're people who have either a, or, or a graduate degree, like a master's or, or something, or PhDs. They're people who have specific skills like programming and working in the tech sector. Like they're people with, they're highly skilled people. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. does not have, it does not have, it does not have all these, like, there are not, um, uh, there are not enough American coders. There are not enough Americans with PhDs who can do this specific task. Now, we can all argue, we can argue on the reason why there are not enough Americans for it. But as things stand right now, there are not enough. Generally, the U.S. is a country that has thrived on the use of immigration to help um, companies move forwards. 
it is very much a country that where immigration is a very historical important thing in the way it has functioned. And I think it still is nowadays, but we're now blocking this basic functionality or this basic trait that the country has that is so important. It's not even a big, like, any way you can argue it, it's, there's no reason to stop it. These are people who are smart, educated, who are coming to the United States. They create jobs. Like, they are, they are the backbone of the economy. They help grow the U.S. They help hire Americans. They help hire more immigrants. And they help us overall. It makes us better. And even for the taxes, they pay taxes for the U.S. They actually pay more. They give in more to the system. So th there is no reason, especially especially we're talking about visa holders. Visa holders don't get any sort of government benefits like uh, Social Security or like th uh, that type of stuff. They don't get like a, a FAFSA aid or something. So that means they're really just giving into the system. So we should be grateful that they're coming to the U.S., and like, uh, and the only it's it's so stupid that we that we that we decided that as a country we we don't want uh we don't want these people because guess what if those people can't come to the United States they'll go to Canada they'll go to Australia mm -hmm. they might they might stay in their in in their country of origin and then they will improve they will help themselves there. Now, mind you, everyone benefits better if because they're if they're in the U.S. because the U.S. benefits, they send remittances. Their country benefits even more because of higher incomes in the U.S. So, overall, we hurt not only ourselves, we hurt the individuals involved, and we hurt their their countries of origin. And it's annoying. And like we, like the two of us, we went to an international school, right? Yes, so I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was a huge chunk of our lives, um, but like a lot of our a lot of our friends there, their parents came on H one B one visas. Mm -hmm. Like they, we arrived on a. So my dad moved to the U S. with a family because the company wanted us to arrive. So it was a company given visa, which is the H one B one. Yeah. It's like your your dad. It's like you your dad help helped a, a a pharmaceutical company, then helped a startup. Like that's job creation right there. Yeah, and uh, the truth is, one of the great things is the U.S. is an attractive country that has managed to bring many smart immigrants in to help improve the country in general for everyone. Yeah. And it's not saying that only immigrants who are highly skilled can come in. It's just like immigrants at every level, low, low, low levels of education, low skill. They help in our farming industry. Like, um, what was it? There was this thing. It's like uh, if there were no Im uh, no immigrants, no legal workers, the U.S. farming uh, industry would collapse. Because and it's not because like they steal the jobs away. They're low. Sure, there are some cases that where they might lower wages, but the overall effect is because no one in the U.S. wants those jobs. Mm-hmm. Noah, have you met someone? Uh, have you met someone 
that was like, yeah, I want to work 12 hours a day picking strawberries for minimum wage. Uh, no, you don't have anyone who says it that way. You have a lot of people who, uh, in the Midwest are fine with being farmers, but it's a very different kind of farming than, for example, uh, the farming that's very intensive on human labor to function. Yeah, like farming in the Midwest tends to be like these crops that are very easy, they're mechanized easily. Yes. So you won't see you you won't see that as much of a big deal. But we're talking about like fruits where like they're delicate, so you can't exactly have a machine deal with them. That's very labor intensive, and most people don't want to do it. Most Americans do not want to be gardeners. Most Americans do not want to and it's not saying there there won't be any. There's certainly people who will take those jobs, but we immigrants fill the jobs that we either don't want to do, don't have the skill to do, or these just create more jobs and more economic opportunity for those who already have jobs. They're a net benefit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. That's one thing about, uh, that's one thing that happened, like, uh, recently with, uh, immigrants. There's other, there's two other things that happened big in immigration, and this involves the, the U.S. Supreme Court. So, uh, this is the first of these decisions was that, uh, DACA, um, I forgot what it's, what it stands for, but, uh, the dreamers, uh, the dreamer thing, do you, do you know what that is? Uh, I do not think so. Okay. So dreamers are people who were brought into the United States as children. So, um, their parents brought them in over to the U S, um, uh, illegally as they were children they're not american okay, citizens so I, I would not count as a dreamer no because i was a legal immigrant yeah but uh, but here's but the thing is like a lot some some of these people have no idea like they were brought here since they were two years old right they lived their entire lives they have no idea that they were like illegal um they don't know their country of origin per se like they might not even speak the language so these people are about as American as, like, me, I guess, or, like, someone else who, uh, like, someone else is, like, a first-generation immigrant, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, like, so they made, they made a life in the U.S., but there's always the fear of deportation. So, Obama enacted, um, at first, Congress tried to enact, uh, uh, DACA, the streamers bill, and Congress being Congress, it got nowhere, so Obama uh, took an executive order and created uh, the DACA program. And that enabled, that gave people work permits uh, that gave them like uh, special benefits for living in the United States without the fear of deportation. Mm-hmm. That, that's the big thing. And it goes to people who are, uh, who are not criminals. Like if you have a criminal record, like you, you can't get in. The Trump yep. administration has made it its goal to end that program. So they they made an executive order and they tried to remove it, and then the Supreme Court affirmed that they that that the Trump administration can rescind DACA, but the way they did it is they failed to provide a good reason for it, a good rationale. Yeah. So it's a temporary win for uh, for DACA recipients, but that also means any day now the Trump administration can like go by the proper rules and procedures and a recent DACA. Yeah. (sighs) 
and the Supreme Court made another immigration-related one. And um, so it, when people come to the United States, they can have and they apply for asylum, which is a very specific like legal term. Um, and say they were rejected, their asylum claims were rejected, right? Yep. Uh, nor- normally, in like other systems in the United States, you can appeal that to a to another court. The Supreme Court said uh, said uh, you can't you can't appeal asi- denied asylum claims in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah, they're they're saying that's it's not a court issue. It's only immigration courts. You can't appeal up to a to a higher a court. Okay. Huh. That's an interesting one. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's immigration take immigration is always a complicated topic, though. Yeah. Uh, let's take a small break, and uh, we'll go to our last topic, okay. which will be less depressing. WWDC. Alright, last week WWDC uh, went on. It was it was really weird. It was not a live event, so no people screaming, clapping, etc. Isn't that the trend nowadays, though? Um, well, yeah, everything's digital, but it's it's one of the first like tech events that instead of just being like a a, a regular press release, they made an event out of it. Like they they had all the like executives come up do demonstrations a show off and honestly it was great i like watching it did you watch the the show i did not watch it no okay uh you you said it was like it was a different feel like everything clearly was like pre-recorded and edited but it had like a nice like presentation to it well yeah i'm sure they took advantage of being able to use a different format to make it more interesting yeah and Apple definitely showed off, showed off its new headquarters. Like they were, they were having fun just zooming around like d- different parts of their headquarters and their building. I mean, they did build a fancy new headquarters, so that's true. What is it called? They the might spaceship? as well show it off. Uh, I just caught the the donut. <laughs> the donut. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Well, yeah. So uh, Apple didn't release any new hardware, except for like. A developer's box but like they didn't release any consumer hardware for anyone so this was purely just like uh operating systems and honestly it looks great like uh so the first one i uh, let's talk about ios like iphone bread and butter everyone knows ios right so uh this will make you happy so yeah they're changing the ui and uh, they're adding a what is it? Widgets now. Widget snap. Widgets. Okay. So you can so you know like on Android you can resize them like to fit like a, a chunk of the screen like the weather app etc. Oh, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wasn't that already an old thing back on macOS when they had uh, the dashboard too? And you yeah. Had add- they they had the dashboard. They got rid of the dashboard. They're reintroducing widgets to uh, Mac OS, but that's through uh, Control Panel, which is a different thing. Okay. But yeah, n- now on your iPhone home screen, uh, you can have uh, you can have uh, widgets. You can hide pages, so it just brings a lot of like that customization. And they also have like 
one page where it just shows all your apps like either in alphabetical order or categorizes them in like productivity etc so you basically have an app locker now yes so that's the big thing and honestly i'm excited about it like i know you you android people have had it forever but it's just like it's just nice to have that extra customization indeed um yeah uh, i've I've used iPhone before and moved over to Android, and actually the main reason I was interested in Android was because it seemed a lot easier to program, and I wanted to mess around with development, and I didn't want to have to learn a whole new language for iPhone. <laughs> but yeah. But it, 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 I would say that in terms of features, Android runs a lot better, but it's not as Android runs easy a lot better. Use. No, it, it runs. <laughs> it has a lot more features. But Apple tends to run better and is a lot easier to use, especially for people who are less familiar with electronics. Yeah. So now, I, I guess, like, the iPhone is getting more complicated, but, like, it's still Apple. They're trying to make it as easy as possible. But yep. it's really nice. Um, they also introduced some other UI features. So picture-in-picture uh, -picture mode, like, works with YouTube, works with Netflix. So when you're watching a video and, like, say someone texts you, the video doesn't pause. It just goes to a small window and you can still do other stuff with it uh facetime too so like you're no longer on pause on a video call like you can still have the video call while you're doing something else huh and um also siri got smarter apparently and knows uh... and knows more facts uh uh, do you think they have a database of facts for Siri? Yeah, uh, I think they said they had like 300,000 new facts. So it, it's not just something they pull off of Wikipedia? Uh, they probably just pull it off of Wikipedia, but now it's like native, I guess. So it doesn't have to like, it doesn't uh, search it and like push you to a Safari. Now it's like, oh no, we'll just do it on the Siri interface right now. Hmm. Well, and also, like, Apple straight up... It's a very Apple way of moving things. They like to have as much control as possible of whatever is on their platform. I mean, it's also, like, a privacy thing. The reason Siri sucks compared to uh, to uh, Google Assistant and uh, Echo... Alexa. Yeah, is uh, because they don't mine all your data. It doesn't go to a cloud where they can process everything. Everything is done on device. Hmm. Which a is a testament to the iPhone's uh, uh, Apple's ability to make good chips, but it's also why Siri sucks compared to Google Assistant. Like even even there's other products that I'm curious about, like how Apple's gonna do. They they have a new translation app that works like uh, like you can have a conversation in French. Live uh, speech translation. Yeah, so you can have it in French. I can have it in English, and then it'll translate like like a uh, live right there so you can have a conversation like that and it says a smart adapt to who's speaking what language etc so that'll be interesting uh but you know what i really am thinking about with this whole controlling their uh design their workflow how they have good control over everything within their design uh the macbook there's some big news right there on how that will function oh you want to skip this straight to mac Okay, I don't know, because I'm very much into computer technology. All right, fine. Um, uh, fine. So, 
I uh, I'll, we'll, let me let me just do the rundown of everything, and then we'll leave Mac for dead la last, best okay, for last. Fine. I I I'm gonna I've got stuff to say about that though. Okay, uh, new maps improvement. They'll they'll have biking directions now, which is awesome, and they'll also do elevation, which is a big deal when you're biking. <laughs> like they'll propose routes with low elevation, which is awesome for me. That's is, I. I'm about to ask if that was a feature for a while on, like, Google, but then, no, I'm thinking of a fitness app instead where elevation is taken into account. Like, uh, the thing is, like, do, so with, if you have the Apple Watch, for example, or even your phone, it'll track the elevation, but uh, this time, say you're looking for directions to go to, let's just say, Starbucks or whatever, and it'll... And there are three different routes. It'll, it'll say this route is the shortest route in distance. This route is the fastest. This route has the uh, doesn't have hills. Hmm. So this way you can you get to pick your routes better. Because going up a hill sucks. Yeah, that helps. Because you can have like fast. You can have easier. You can have the more scenic route sometimes too. Yeah. So um, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have uh, something similar, as I said, with a fitness app, where it's like you can plan out a route, but then instead you can say, oh, do you want, like, a certain level of elevation along the way? Because, of course, if you're biking professionally, ele uh, elevation really helps you gauge the amount of effort you need to do. Yeah. Uh, also, last thing on iOS news is uh, you can set new defaults now. Oh, really? Uh, only for... Uh what was it? Music, maps, no, music, email, and one other thing. I think it was maps. Huh. Which, uh, oh, a browser. It was a browser. So you can now pick Chrome instead of Safari. I get to pick Outlook instead of, uh, of the Mail app. Um, That's t good on you, Apple. Opening up a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Still, uh, there's still the whole issue about their, um, what was it? Uh, oh yeah, being able to sign up for a service outside, uh, the Apple App Store ecosystem. Yeah, that's a whole controversy, uh, that we don't have time to get into today. Uh, WatchOS 14 is, is coming out with sleep tracking, and what's, uh, the highlight, a hand-washing feature. So the um, Apple I guess it tracks how long, or like if you're washing your hands properly. Yeah, so it, it'll detect when you're washing your hands, and then you'll have a timer. And then if huh. you don't wash it for long enough, it'll it'll message you about it. It'd be like you didn't wash it long enough, and then if you do, it'll make like, you feel Yay. bad. <laughs> exactly, you know something that would only happen because we're in a global pandemic. It's gonna bully you. All right. Now, this is the one you're excited about. So, macOS 11. First of all, uh, macOS X is done. They, it's no longer, was it, 10. Because, let's see, right? I have the latest uh, Mac software. I'm running uh, macOS 10.15. Now, now it's macOS 11. Mm -hmm. So, that's the first thing. Uh, they have new designs. It looks a lot like iOS. And now, here's the part you're excited about. 
Oh, okay, okay. So, macOS for the new future MacBook laptops. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. No, all, their whole line, their whole line. Whole line, okay, except for Mac Pro. Uh, they, uh, they haven't said anything about that yet. It sounded yeah, like they were they like... they don't really release those. Yeah, yeah. It's very much a secondary thought to them. But basically, their whole line of Apple computers, they plan on... Um, creating their own silicon based on the ARM architecture. And what I mean by that, it's custom processors made by Apple. In a similar way as to how they create their own processors for the iPhone. Hmm? And um, this is actually a very big change because the there's been a major alliance between Intel and Apple for a long time. Um, yeah, with Thunderbolt, just the fact they've been using them for like... 10, 12 years, and not longer than that. Yeah, and so now finally it's moving away from uh, Intel into creating their own architecture based on ARM, which also in the computing industry, the fact that x86 is a standard architecture basically for the majority of software. And now a company that creates a, a, a major player in the computer uh, world, I mean, they're not that major, but 12%? Respect to 12%. It's a major player still, to some extent. 12%? <laughs> okay, yes. Major player in the computer world um, is moving over to an ARM-based computing experience, which is going to change a lot the way developers have to approach things, too. Because the majority of software out there for computers is designed for the x86 architecture. Well, okay, so... First of all, Apple's dehealing this transition is going to happen over the course of two years. They're going to update their whole line to ARM. And first, let's just say, rest in peace, Intel. Like, Intel's been struggling. I almost feel bad for them. And then I realize, and then I remember they're overpriced and not that good. And they're not, they're not perform, they're not what you expect. Um, but yeah, they're moving, they're slowly moving their whole line. And for the x86 thing, they're having a program called Rosetta, uh, Rosetta 2, because this is the second time they switch over chips and stuff. So it should help. Um, it should help develop. Uh, should help keep apps working on ARM. Oh, and also I'm gonna say one big thing is uh, they created something similar before, but there was one issue that would uh, work on runtime, which means as the software is running, which led to some issues. I think now it's actually gonna be running at the compile level, which means that actually the software will be released directly into an uh, ARM-based uh, instruction code. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, this transition is going to be weird. Everything should work. Things that are not working immediately off the bat is that bootcamp is gone. Oh, that's, uh, well, we have no idea what's happening with bootcamp, and yes, you're right, it's probably gone. Unless, uh, no, no. Apple straight up said we're not, we're not doing this because Windows, Windows doesn't exactly have a license for ARM chips, especially not an, an Apple designed one. But what about Windows RT? Uh, well, it might be a, a run on an ARM chip, but it's a, it's like Apple has a different one specifically. Like for example, you can't run a Snapdragon, uh, uh like on a, uh, can't run iOS. I mean, it can. It's just like it's not made for it. So Apple and Microsoft would have to get together to like build one, build a version of Windows that works for for Mac specifically. Hmm. 
And Microsoft's been very kumbaya about everything lately. I don't, they could do it, but as of right now, bootcamp is just not a thing. Yeah. Um, other things that are dead. Uh, maybe not dead, but it's, uh, they're allowing, uh, they're allowing people to program, make apps that work on like iPhone, iPad and Mac. Like you can, you can. Well, it shortens the development time. They're really trying to push their ecosystem. Yeah. They're which improving. is normal. It is Apple. Apple is the best ecosystem out there. I mean, I'm saying that as a person who doesn't use Apple themselves. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I sometimes wish things worked like Apple, like between Apple devices on my own non-Apple devices. But that is not the case. Uh, Yeah. Um, but it's also just like, um, the ecosystem is there. And also, Apple makes really good chips. Oh, they do. Um, yeah, so a lot of problems with uh, the MacBooks lately has been thermal throttling and such, causing performance to not really be up to the level it should be. Um, it is believed that their ARM chip is... The, the reason also they didn't really focus too much on fixing their thermals was because they knew that they would probably release an ARM chip at some point where they could actually design something on their own that's going to be very efficient. Yeah, so not, not just energy consumption, but just, like, doesn't use a lot of battery power. Yeah, um, so they're going to try to play up the hardware in the market and design it for their own ecosystem. I mean... And you know, they're, you know, like the iPad, the iPad, like their chips are more powerful than a lot of like low to mid end uh, computers. Yeah. Like it even, it, it was even more powerful than some of the low end uh, MacBooks, uh, MacBook Pros that they were selling. Yeah. Interestingly so, enough. So like Apple definitely has the chops to do it and they have more space to run with on a computer and like just a, be a better thermal system because like, laptops are thicker than iPads. Like, it's really interesting than what they'll be able to do. Oh, I'll be looking at it with great interest when it finally gets released. And I'm sure a lot of people are very interested in how this new MacBook will perform. Are you going to join Are you gonna join the Apple side again? Join us. Join the dark side. I, I don't think uh, it will happen. But I will be very interested in seeing how it will perform. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough transition. Definitely a lot of things are going to go wrong. But it'll be interesting to see. Oh, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen when it gets released. It's not going to be as easy as just like, oh, you know, switch over and all. You, you gotta, you're going to have to do some trade-offs to be able to create systems that work with everything. Yeah. And on that note, I think that I think we're done for for today, right? Yeah, we should be done for today. Hi. Uh, it's kind of getting late. I'm feeling a little tired. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. Share and like with your friends. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. And thanks. Have a good day. Yep. Or a good evening. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll see y'all in two weeks. Yeah. 